What's going on, guys? I'm Alex. And I'm Steve. And this is Black Series Rebels, episode 15. And as you know, J.J. Abrams is back, and he's come by our studio to lend us some more lens flare. Thank you so much, guys. You guys were there for us once again. This past weekend, we had another successful pin drop. And because of you guys, we're going to be able to continue to do this show for at least another month. Thank you so much for all your support. We really appreciate it. Because they were so supportive of us in snatching up them pins, Steve, do you think these guys might like another fine giveaway that we could announce? You know, Alex, I think they'd be appreciative of it. We are back to giving out a brand spanking new giveaway. It's been about four weeks since we've done one. Ooh. All right, this is a big one, and Ooh. we got some awesome Force Friday 2 figures to give out. We're not giving out one or two or three, but four awesome Black Series figures. If you want to win a Grumpy Luke, a You're Doing It Wrong Ray, a Harrison Dula, and a Target exclusive, oh so spooky, Stormtrooper Executioner. Damn. Oh, all you gotta do is subscribe to our channel, like this video, and leave the comment, hashtag RebelCrate1000. So you know what that means. This giveaway doesn't unlock until we reach 1,000 subscribers. If you wanna win a Grumpy Luke, a You're Doing It Wrong Ray, a Harrison Dula complete with sparky orange jumpsuit, and a spooky Stormtrooper Executioner Target exclusive, all you gotta do is subscribe to our channel, like this video, and leave the comment, hashtag RebelCrate1000. Woo! Hey Steve! Yeah Alex? Man, what's going on this week in Star Wars News? Hey Steve! Yeah Alex? What's going on this week in Star Wars news? Funny you should ask, Alex. Guess what? We've got a new director to talk about. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Lucasfilm announced this week that we have a new director for Episode 9. Doesn't have a title yet. That director is none other than the man, the myth himself, J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I'm okay with this choice. I like this choice. I'm all right with it. I can sweat with this choice. I think J.J. did a great job with The Force Awakens. He set the tone. He set the, the scene for us. And now I think he gets to play in the world that he initially set up without having to worry about doing all the setup. And he can just play within it. I'm genuinely convinced that this was like J.J. got to make his movie. And let's just say he made these movies with toys. And the Luke action figure came out just before he was able to get Luke into his movie. And now he's like, well, I want to play with Luke Skywalker toy too. Like he saw like the last Jedi. I was I like, go to wait a minute. I saw last Jedi Ryan Johnson gets to play with Luke Skywalker toy. J.J. Abrams want to play with Luke Skywalker toy. Why don't I get so basically episode nine is J.J. Abrams going, I want to play with the Luke Skywalker toy. <laughs> that's that's in, my, in my mind. That's when J.J. Abrams like, if he gets to do it, I get to do it. I will say, you know, last week we were really adamant that Ryan Johnson was going to get to do it, which clearly we we know he was offered and he passed. Yeah, according to Deadline, shortly after this news was released, Deadline uh, made note that 
they uh, Lucasfilm actually offered this to Ryan, and Ryan politely turned it down. This yeah. is speculation. This is according to Deadline. I don't, we don't have any I, I think hard it's, confirmation. Honestly, I genuinely think it's probably true. Yeah. I think I don't think it, that Ryan turned it down because he didn't have fun no. or that he's unhappy. I think that he wants to fully enjoy the release, the run-up, the press, all of the hype, and just really get to enjoy The Last Jedi, and then probably take a year off. Absolutely. I mean, look, we don't know for sure, but rumor has it The Last Jedi is excellent, and it it's going to be fantastic. And I think that, you know, Ryan went, hey, I busted my ass. I seem to have made a pretty good Star Wars film Supposedly, like, it's like I'm and cool, so homie. like, why don't I get to reap the benefits and enjoy presenting it to the fans instead of running all over and prepping another Star Wars film? Yeah, and just not enjoying it. You know, there's one thing I, I you know, we talked about briefly um, earlier this week when this was all announced that, you know, remember how tired JJ was? <laughs> like, remember yeah. how tired he was even at celebration that year? In, yeah, he in looked Anaheim, like a maniac. And just like even doing the promo and everything, like JJ just looked spent and you really Ryan hasn't really looked like that up until this point and I think the man you know I respect his decision for not doing it I think they always say that old adage for like uh, big budget movie directors is like one for me one for them yep I think Star Wars is a both me one for me and a one for them which makes it really personal but also very stressful Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Johnson's next movie is, is like a one-act play that doesn't leave one area, like, one location, and there's, like, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, like, you know... Paul Dano. Paul Dano having a long conversation about, like, bacteria on their food. <laughs> like, it'll probably be something really God, weird. I hope not. It sounds like a great movie. I mean, I'd watch it. And Ryan, we trust. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I'm... I will say now, I apologize to our fans. You're going to hear In Ryan We Trust so many damn times because I'm really bummed we don't get to do that for three years. So we're going to really ride that hard and we're going to bring in probably hashtag Return of the JJ. A lot of people are saying it. We don't care. We're going to say it too unless we can come up with something more original. But I don't know if I have the energy for that. So right now (laughs) it's Return of the JJ. Well, uh, Chris Terrio... Uh, he was one of the many screenwriters. <laughs> hold, hold on. Okay, Chris <laughs> Terrio. Um, no disrespect, Mr. Terrio. Um, is he? he I'm, I think Martha. Ben, I think ben Affleck brought Martha. Him, calm down. I think Ben Affleck brought him on to do rewrites and scripting on BVS, the middle of the Martha. He also wrote Argo with Ben Affleck. Uh, supposedly he's going to be the the co-writer with JJ on this, and they have also pushed back the Last Jedi release back to its proper home, in my opinion, right Just now. Just enough time Just for enough Chris time. Terrio it's to be like be... <laughs> to really let <laughs> that script out. Uh, December twentieth, two thousand nineteen is the new release date for it's beginning to feel episode a lot nine. like Star Wars. In all of the theaters. It's like Christmas time. <laughs> Christmas time. Now just push is Han Solo back. Shove Mary Poppins Please. to the side. Bye, Mary Poppins. Lin Manuel Miranda, you're great. Hamilton's killing it. Emily Blunt. But push him to March. I don't yeah. care. Bye-bye. Get Han Solo in Christmas. Star Wars is good At during Christmas. Christmas. Also, too, I want to see la- I want to see episode nine absolutely obliterate Avatar. Yes. I want to see it obliterate yes. Avatar. Like, 
Avatar is cool. Never count James Cameron out. You never know what that guy's going to pull off. But let's be real. Avatar was like, okay, cool. It was in 3D. So everybody bought 3D tickets. So it made tons of money. And then on top of that, it was just Dances with Wolves with Smurfs. It was dumb. Avatar was dumb. Why can't Chris Terrio go write Avatar 2? He probably is. But you know what this means, now that Ryan, back to Ryan not directing it and Ryan taking time, that means that as soon as this movie opens and he's done promoting this thing until God knows when, April, June, whatever, he can take a little vacation and then he's got all the time in the world to come visit us on the set, in the closet, in Chatsworth. Yes. In Ryan, we trust that you will sit in here with us and get sweaty and talk about your very small upcoming personal film with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Paul, and Dano, Paul Dano talking about the bacteria, about the on, bacteria our on our food. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, once you're out of Star Wars, man, like once Last Jedi's out, we can talk about it, we can get sweaty. Let's do it. Hashtag... In Ryan, we trust. Yes, we we want him to come in. What else is in the news this week, bud? Oh, what else? Well, speaking of Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson told a fan event in Japan that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is actually going to have a very small voiceover role in The Last Jedi. Who do you think he's going to be, buddy? I think he's that little guy in the vest. The little uh, the little craps dealer. The little puppet. I think he's that. That's what I think. I think it's really quick. I think it has to be a weird, super weird thing because it'll only be fun if it's like Daniel Craig where you can absolutely tell that it's his voice or else it's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun if it's like a totally disguised thing. Then what's the point? Yeah, I know I, I know. initially when I heard the news, I thought that, oh, maybe he's just going to end up playing the voice of the bad BB-8, kind of like uh, Bill, uh, Hader. Bill Hader and... Um, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, yes. I was trying to think of John Raffio from, from uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> You're also the king of throwing something out before we've discussed yes, it in the news. And I'm it's like, true. Oh, what was the I think like three episodes? You were like, who would you want to direct? And I was like, uh. <laughs> we had like three minutes of yes. me thinking. Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader both Thank you. voiced BB 8. Yes. Hence why it's BB. Thank you. Uh, also, Johnson told the crowd at this fan event that once he returns home after uh, this little trip to Japan. He's got about two or three days left on The Last Jedi, and then it's done, guys. Which would mean by the time this is released, The Last Jedi is pretty much done. Yeah. So I guess we're we're going to get an early screener in like two or so weeks? I don't know, man. Probably. I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, Ryan basically said in so many words that he's going to send us. Yeah. He said he's putting our sticker on the hard drive. For sure. So. It's happening, guys. And yeah. we will be here to tell you how good it is. Uh, also, while at this fan event... Because our opinion matters on the matters subject. Matters so much. <laughs> so much. Uh, one more thing he also mentioned to the crowd out there in Japan. He mentioned to the crowd that when the returning actors from The Force Awakens learned um, the new developments of their characters in The Last Jedi, they were absolutely shocked. I still think he's going to have robot legs. I mean... Still think Finn is probably paralyzed. I'm right there. I really do. Uh, I doesn't mean he, that's that's not me saying that he doesn't get up and move. <laughs> for send me one more picture of him standing or the action figure's legs. Like, God. So like, 
let's have an imagination here, people. Like, the irony is, like, the people that are so mad that Force Awakens feels like a reboot of A New Hope are infuriated that I would even make the assumption. How dare you, how, sir? How dare you make an assumption that a character can walk? Oh, how dare Ryan Johnson make a choice we've never seen in a Star Wars movie? Uh, that's kind of like... There are like three things that I feel like Lucasfilm has been talking about for the last two months as if I'm supposed to think it's new news. What's number one? Number one, Canto Bite is like the upscale version of Mos Eisley. We've seen all the places that are like the gritty scum, but Canto Bite, that's where the rich bad people hang out. Guess what? We're getting a book soon all about Canto Bite yeah, in the lead up to the movie. Told you. <laughs> Canto Bite, okay? What, what you want to know, no, number two is... Luke Skywalker had intrinsic differences with the choices Ryan Johnson made. And then Mark Hamill's like, but I was wrong. Like, that's that's always number two. And then number three is, I would say, all of the characters going, just Ryan has just really, he's just done something so different with Star Wars. So different. That we've never, ever seen before. It's like an independent small film. It's like a small budgets. film. Like, when I read the script, I went, wow, we're really doing this. Like, Star Wars is so different. Those are the three things they've been selling. Because, clearly, like, the movie's done and... The movie's done. Yeah. No trailer. No trailer. <laughs> so, so we're no still trailer. talking about the, the same three PR releases. Yes. And new directors. And, and directors getting new directors. fired. It happens. It's the way Whatever. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, real quick, The Last Jedi novelization. It has been reported by Delray Books that it will not hit the stands until March 6th, 2018. Our friends over at Star Wars Newsnet, they speculate that this means we shall be seeing The Last Jedi VOD, video on demand, uh, sometime in April. And then it'll follow with the actual physical DVD Blu-ray release in... Um, uh, the next month after that. When does the book come out again? Sorry, I missed uh, it. The book comes out in March. I think, so what I think will happen, not to totally uh, disagree with Star Wars NewsNet, but they always drop the digital one in March. So I think the digital copy will come out with the book. Then the Blu-ray 4K UHD, which I guarantee you they'll do 4K UHD for Last Jedi, will come out in April. Yeah. It, and I know this because... The movies always come out my birthday weekend. So my girlfriend has the easiest birthday shopping. When's your birthday, Alex? April 2nd. Boom. Which, not to correct you, it's funny that you should say that. Our boys over at uh, Star Wars Newsnet said that if they're following the model of The Force Awakens, the digital release was in April. No, it wasn't. No? The Blu-ray was released in April. All right, maybe I'm wrong. Don't quote me. I just do the news here. Um, <laughs> Don't quote me. I'm just I'm just responsible for getting the information that we re true. relay to you it's guys. It's true. All right. Next up, last on the news today is a very interesting book that is coming out on October third. It's a celebration for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. It's a book called "40 Stories Celebrating 40 Years of Star Wars from a Certain Point of View." Now, these stories retell the story of A New Hope from the perspective of various secondary and background characters. Um, and it's going to feature 40 different stories from 40 different authors. And Paul Dini, Gary Whitta, Pablo Hildalgo, Will Wheaton, a whole slew of other writers have all contributed to this. And if you go on Twitter and check out this, look up this book and look up the authors, 
almost all of the authors that have contributed stories have posted on their Twitter a little blurb and a little picture of which character they're going to be writing um, these stories from. And it turns out Paul Denny himself is writing Boba Fett's perspective of the events of A New Hope. Polly, Polly, Polly Dini. Oh. Our boy, Polly Dini. Paul. Polly Dini, you know we got something to talk about now when you come on the show, bro. Let's make it happen, Paul Dini. We're going to be talking about that Ewoks cartoon. We're yes, talking we about are. that Droids cartoon. We're going to be talking about this Boba Fett story. That sounds super cool. I'm really interested. I, I don't normally fucks with the novels, but this yeah. one sounds pretty cool. I'm probably going to pick this up and check it out. Yeah, man. It, it looks like it's everything from like R5-D5 to random droids to random creatures in the cantina, uh, random people on the Death Star. If you could do one random character's story, which one would you write? If I could do one random character's story. I already got story, mine. Who would I do? Oh, man, this is a toughie. There's so many, and I feel like whatever one I'm picking is not going to be cool or lame. It's going to be mine's, super lame. Mine's the perfect answer. I mean, I, I don't know why. I kind of want to see, like, Uncle Owen's <laughs> like grumpy side of it all. Like, at, right as he's, like, right before as he's, he's burned to death? Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy, that's really dark. It's really dark. Like, Uncle Owen's like, just another day on the moisture farm, three pages later, the stormtroopers are broken in. I'm being I'm burned alive. <laughs> Blue oh. milk everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Just burned alive. I watched my wife, Baru, just torched in front of me. I want to know, from the perspective of the stormtrooper who hits his head on the blast door, when he goes in. Okay. I want the guy who does the uh, the radar gun on the X-Wings. <laughs> the guy in the like on Yavin that just goes like this. I want him, but here's here's what we don't know about this guy. This is his whole thing. I'm improvising this, so don't judge me if it's not hilarious. This is what. So that guy, he's actually not really that invested in the Rebel Alliance. He actually, he's the only guy that knows how to operate that cool radar gun that always scans the X-Wings when they're leaving. He really is just your average working class dude on Yavin. He goes home to his wife. They have a loveless marriage. <laughs> like They really haven't made love in years. And he goes home and he just is like, honey, you don't understand. There's a giant battle station that's going to blow up our planet. She goes, what do you mean, Scott? His name's Scott. He's Scott, the radar gun guy. And he's like, I'm not lying to you, sweetie. I just scanned a bunch of X-Wings with my, they're going up to destroy it. But I had to come home and tell you that I love you. And I'm telling you, you want to talk oh, about God. Megan a bullseye on the trench oh, run? God. This guy. Two weeks in a row. Just like, Two weeks in a here row. we go. He's like, Sorry, Patty. stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. <clears throat> stay on target. That dude, that guy, that guy bullseyes some romp womp rats <laughs> with his T-16 back home. Scott the radar Who's gun. Who's that kid grow up to be? <laughs> Scott the radar gun guy. Scott the Radar Gun Guy, I should have contributed to this Scott book. Scott the Radar Guy. <laughs> Scott the Radar Gun Guy, just absolutely. Although, what was what was his what was uh, Kylo Ren's name? Was it Scott the Engineer? No, that's Howard Stern. Show. Oh, okay. Scott. Okay, I don't. Th whatever. As long as Scott wasn't Kylo's name in the SNL bit. Yeah. If it, if it's Scott's taken, he's uh, he's uh, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob the Radar. Jake. They call him Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, the radar gun guy, goes home, just pounds one good trench run out 
with the love of his life before Yavin's about to explode. Oh and then when God. Yavin doesn't explode, she's like, I want a divorce. And that's the end of the story. Oh, my God. Someone's got to do Bail Organa and, like, the events of... Alderaan, Alderaan exploding? Just... Really, that's all the side carriers get iced. <laughs> Oof. Even R5-D4, it's like... Things were, I got captured with these drugs. Oh, look, I'm getting adopted. <laughs> like, his perspective is so sad. Yeah. Uh, I guess that brings us to reviews. We are finally back with another Black Series action figure review. I feel like it's been like four weeks. We haven't been talking about Black Series. We weren't really the Black Series Rebels. We were just... Rebels. But today is a new day, and today we are officially back as the Black Series Rebels. Luckily, Dorkside Toys came through with our orders. It was worth not dealing with the stress of all those oh, lines, because our Toys R Us only got two boxes of Wave 2 in. So we wouldn't even have been able to snag any of these. Luckily, Dorkside came through. So the first thing we wanted to review from our pretty massive <laughs> Force Friday hauls is... Ray's Speeder from Jakku. Woo! I love it, Alex. Initial impressions from me are it is oh so minty fresh with a side of asparagus and used band-aids. That means we both love it because our rating system here just really doesn't make any sense. Whatsoever. Uh, let's start right off the bat, like... This is number three in the run, and I believe they're, the number one they're counting is the giant, like, monstrosity of a TIE fighter that they did, like, two years ago. Uh, thank you, Hasbro, for making this a more manageable size. Yes, thank you. Like, uh, right off the bat, I was like, I'm, I don't regret taking this out of the box because it's small. <laughs> Not only that, this is, and we were talking about it on the phone the other day, this is by far the best deluxe figure set Hasbro has done. And yeah. it displays just awesome. I mean, it, it looks great on an office table. It looks great on a shelf. Yeah. It just looks clean. It looks great. I'm an inbox collector, and I would strongly encourage people to pull this one out of the yeah. box. Like, you, it, you know, obviously you could slide it back in there if you really, really want the like the box art. But one thing that's really cool is the speeder itself pops on to sort of a ball swivel joint and you can kind of position her in sort of cool action poses with like her staff mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's, it's a really well-detailed, well-painted figure. Mr. Stevie and the Hasbro crew really hit this one out of the park. Uh, a scale of... One to ten. How much? Do, how much more do you like this one than the Luke Speeder or the Spiker Scout, which is the other Speeder we've had in in the three Speeder worlds? This is my favorite. I think that nostalgia factor for the Luke Land Speeder, nothing will beat that for me. Yeah. Well, there's one if they were to ever do a deluxe that would just be my ultimate close the door. But which is Grimorian Guard and no, Rancor? no, no. Deluxe figure wise, no, 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 no. Uh, if they made a a, a Hoth uh, Luke with the snow speeder, like that snow speeder. Oh, would just a snow speeder, a with snow a... speeder deluxe vehicle with six with inch an X wing Luke. Luke. Yeah, yeah, I that that's my dream, that's my dream. Close it, retire it. That's that's the one. But huh, I always um, thought it was Tatooine Luke and land speeder. No, no, it's it's snow speeder, it, and that that's just because 
um, back in the day when you couldn't get really Star Wars toys when before the 96 or nine whenever the Power of the Force whatever in the 90s came out um, I got my first model at Michael's and it was the Snowspeeder and that was the first model I ever built and huh. it's my favorite ship in uh, the Star Wars universe but this this particular one Ray's uh, Ray Speeder on Jakku man it just once I took it out of the box and I displayed it I fell in love with it I was like this is a great purchase it's a great toy yeah. and it just looks so clean it has a lot of details on it that really work well as a mm -hmm. displayed posed figure like uh the little netting of her whole of all the junk and you can like one of my favorite uh sequences just like a very well edited sequence in force awakens is when like she slides down the hill, the dun 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 and then it goes bum ba bum bum ba bum 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 it starts her theme and like it does it to the rhythm of like like she puts the whole speeder together so i had this weird little moment of being like <laughs> jink like i like slid her staff into the netting i just think it's a really cool figure um this is also I like the go like goggled ray with like yeah. the little my my one if I had to pick a criticism it would be like I just think they should have just given you a piece of scarf mm -hmm. to cover her mouth. I don't know how much I really like the like ninja turtle that thing's like, going to pop off and get lost. Plastic like, be like careful. the foot clan thing you pop yeah. on, but that's like real nitpicky. I I would say in general the deluxe black series stuff since like Comic-Con, like all of this stuff has looked really good. Like Hasbro's really stepped up. Like the sculpts look good. The paint looks good. I think they kind of had a weird moment there, like kind of post Force Awakens where it's like, ooh, some of this stuff is looking not as good as it normally does. But yeah. now I think it's looking really, really solid. If you guys get a chance to pick this one up, if you're not a completist, this is a, this is a really good one to pick up. Like if I had to say like one Ray to purchase... Yeah. Of Force Awakens Rays, this is the one to get. This is the one. I definitely think, like, you know, this is one of those ones that, gift-wise, even if someone doesn't necessarily collect six-inch figures or, you know, you got friend or family out there that's really into Star Wars but maybe not necessarily be into collecting toys, I think this is one of those rare instances that they'd open it up and be pretty stoked with it. Yeah. All right. So this thing has the oh-so-minty-fresh stamp of approval. And a little bit of side of asparagus and use band-aids. If you guys get lucky enough to score one, we highly recommend it. All right, so our guest this week, this is a really, this was a really fun interview, and we're really proud of this one. We finally got to sit down with sort of a an online Twitter friend of ours, Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net, MakingStarWars.com, if you're Mark Hamill, because that's the way he <laughs> describes it. And I think we really got to understand him in a way that you can't get to know someone yeah. online. And it... it we're really excited for you guys to learn a little bit more about Jason the way we did. All right, so that takes us to this week's interviews. All right, guys, our interview this week is with the awesome Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.com. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. You just Mark Hamilton me. I That's, did. It, we're, we're the we're the .net, but we got the .com. Oh. Just, just just as a backup, but when Mark Hamill drops us, we're at .com. So, so you're a, yeah, you're Mark Hamill quality friend. Mm, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. I've always been going to makingstarwars.com, so actually, I'm not going to lie, I don't read your site. Blessing through the spoilers. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, I will say that if that is like, like a misconception, though, about the site, is uh -oh. we cover everything. Mm. And so like when you get down to it, like 5% of the site 
is spoilers, mm-hmm. but that's what makes a splash, so that's what we're known for. Gotcha. But you can get all your Star Wars news from us if so you if want So if I were to. to go to your site, it's like super clear, like this one, you're good to go, you can read it. If you clicked on a spoiler article, let's say your cat jumps onto the keyboard and all of a sudden you're in a spoiler article, the very first thing that's going to come up is saying, spoilers are below, don't yeah. show this on social media, don't be a jerk. Cool, cool. You know what I mean? That's so, awesome. Yeah, you, you can't mess up on my site. So you're like, <laughs> I mean, when Steve and I first decided that we wanted to start doing this show when when we were in that run-up to Force Awakens and everyone was desperate for Star Wars content, this dude was like, making Star Wars, making Star Wars, making Star Wars. So My it, man. You're, honestly, you're, you're kind of like a, a white whale a little bit for the show. <laughs> we're, we're really happy to have you, so thank you so much. Thank for you so much. Yeah. Um, okay, so we always start our interviews off with one solid first question, which is, what is Jason Ward's first memory of Star Wars? So my first memory of Star Wars was I lived in Paramount, California, in this little apartment with my very young mother and very young father. (laughs) And um, I was coming down the apartment stairs, and there was a bunch of boys that I was probably, I was probably seriously like two and a half, if almost three years old. You have a fantastic memory. I do. I really remember a lot from my early childhood. And um, Return of the Jedi wasn't out yet. And uh, this kid has an AT-AT driver and he's playing with it, and it's like, I just think it's a spaceman. And I'm just like, that is the coolest looking thing I've ever seen. Mm. I immediately say, Mom, I want to go to Gemco, which was the <laughs> store that used to exist. And, yeah, and hey, Zodies, shout out to Zodies. Um, Cisco's going, hey, yeah. Hey, Zodies. <laughs> Miller's Outpost. Um, anyways, uh, um, so I, I tell my mom I want it, and she's just like, okay, maybe f- for your birthday. Your birthday's coming up, maybe for your birthday. And then I go and I look at it, and like I see like the imperial like insignia on it, like the little orange one. I'm just like, this is the coolest thing. And he has like the hoses. Yeah. And I was like, that's so rad. Like I really, really wanted that. And then I started noticing the commercials. Hmm. Like probably like within that day, I was really small, so it had to have been really close. I saw the commercials. Um, for the for the Kenner toys, yeah, and I was just like completely like hooked. So for me, because this was like '83 before Return of the Jedi, and so you couldn't like go just see the movie. It was difficult. Yeah, you know, like walk-in theaters weren't that common. And I saw, I think I saw, I think my parents took me to see Empire at a drive-in. I have no recollection of it other than the snow, mm-hmm. and and the walkers were a thing. Don't remember anything else from it. And then, but when Return of the Jedi was coming, like, it was really close to Return of the Jedi. So, yeah. for me, like, the ramp up to Jedi was, like, a huge deal. And then I got the books on tape and everything. And, uh, you know, turned the page when R2-D2 beeps like this. <laughs> and then you turn it. And, like, yeah, and I had all these weird misconceptions. Like, there's this, um, in the original book and tape, it, there's a line that something like, Luke Skywalker, if he only knew the key to his dreams was only a few miles away. And it was R2 and 3PO and um, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi, that kind of stuff. And But as a little kid, I hear key. So I have this misconception that Luke Skywalker has this key, and he opens <laughs> up the universe of Earth. Because he's on a farm in Kansas, like, like Superman, because I had seen Superman. And that he goes into the Star Wars universe. You need to write this fan fiction. <laughs> you should seriously write the article. It's like Jason, baby Jason Ward's perception yeah. of the book on tape of Star Wars, which is just like, this is bizarre. Superman's yeah. here. So yeah. it sounds like the toys and the merchandise was sort of your first big entry even before the movies. Yeah, big time, big time. And this, this kid down the street got the Return of the Jedi um, storybook. And he, we hadn't seen the movie yet, so it's like my first spoiler. And like, like we're going through. <laughs> this is the beginning. Like Leia's in the uh, uh, bikini, and we're like, oh my god, 
yeah. can you believe this? <laughs> and then we get to the part with, with the brother and sister stuff, though, and that's when I was floored. Like, for me, as a kid, Darth Vader's, no, I am your father, that was never, like, a big reveal. Hmm. For me, it was Luke and Leia being brother and sister. Yeah. And, like, as a kid, those were my heroes. So when they were brother and sister, I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. That's awesome. You know, it's so weird, right? Do you still collect? <laughs> uh, loosely. Loosely? Yeah, I had to, I had to like, kind of scale it back a bit. And then now I have kids, and so I'm buying them Star Wars toys. And so I end up buying something for myself. Then they want it, and I give it to them for a few seconds, and then I see how much they like it. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I almost feel like I, I, I don't really have Star Wars stuff anymore. Do the they? Funko Pops, I guess. Are my Funko thing. Pops? Yeah, but even that I had got a... You be careful. I just got too many, There's man. So just many started. Those it's things. Just, like it's gonna cost for like four hundred bucks to get all the ones on Force Friday this year. And I'm just like <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm definitely like, getting the porg. <laughs> and I'm getting, you know, Rose, like the that that golden snoke. Yeah, I'm getting you guys. What and, is it about the Funkos? Because Alex and I, and no disrespect, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't fucks with the Funkos. Right. So right. We don't fucks with them Funko. Hey, pops. I understand. Yeah. Like <laughs> what is it a what is like can you help us understand what is it about Funkos? For 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 me, I like that it they that they take a character and sort of repurpose it with a certain personality. Okay. Hmm. And it's so it's just like an interesting take on it. It's like the pop personality dressed like the Star Wars character. Yeah, and hmm. and in the same way, if they ever went back uh, and started making Kenner styled Star Wars toys today, if they did Finn and Rey and Rose and and Poe in 1983 style, yeah, I completely would buy them up. I would I would go nuts over it. Yeah. And so, so for me, it's always about the embodiment of the character rather than how accurately, yeah, it is. Like, I love the Black Series stuff. It's awesome. And I like, like where, where they, they take that. And the, uh, the, the Hot Toys, yeah. amazing. Like, I have the uh, Phasma and the uh, Finn from that. I love them. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, this is really effective, but the Funko Pop makes me as happy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You think it's because it adds a level of imagination, takes you back to the level of imagination that you were able to have with the old Kenner ones. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think it's, like I said, it's about character. I think character is what is is what matters to me, and hmm. so so when they embody like for me, the really hor it's really horrible when you really look at it. The original Luke Skywalker and the farm boy cut, yeah. like he has like a bright yellow head. If you got like one of the earlier ones, and it's just the it, yellow dongle lightsaber. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not really that great. But for me, it is the embodiment of Luke Skywalker. I cannot divorce myself from that being the character. Yeah, and and that's why I've always been open to them recasting in the films as as the series goes on, or getting a new thirty year old Luke Skywalker if they want to tell that story. Because I'm like, as long as they get that embodiment, I'm I'm good. Cause it's, yeah. Because for me, it, while Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is also a piece of plastic to me too. So you're so, not worried about the Han Solo movie? Not really. No. As long as they get the embodiment right. Yeah, yeah. As long as long as they have as long as they have the uh, character down, the, the, the beats and. With Han Solo, for instance, though, there's just so many directions that if they you could take that character, and I, it's not an unpopular, it's an unpopular opinion that I hold that he is an inconsistent character. Really? Hmm. Yeah, like when you get down to it, like in A New Hope, he's really pretty much like a pirate. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get down to Empire, he's they like go, a buffoon. He's like a, he's more. Of, they do the screwball comedy genre. He's more of. A, they, they do the Gone with the Wind kind of Clark Gable a little bit more than they do the uh, pirate. And, uh, and then when he gets Return of the Jedi, I feel like he's a completely different guy than in the first two movies. And and you could call it per character progression, but I think it has more to do with the different directors. Yeah. Kind of. And, and How the do you feel with, the, with uh, Force Awakens, Han? 
Yeah, Force. I liked Force Awakens Han for the most part. Yeah, I didn't really have like like any big big critiques of him. I think he was mostly comedic overall. Like his stuff was generally funny, and they didn't really do too many like hard moments with him, which I wouldn't have minded. But you know, when you get to the death scene, that's where it comes. So yeah. I think I think that's where the balance. Yeah, is I struck. think I think yeah. the balance. Probably. Is, we should let's have fun with him for two hours because yeah. it's going to get real brutal. Here yeah, I think soon. I think that there's that 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 tone of where he kind of goes. It's true, all of it. I think that's a moment of like. Oh wow, this is a changed Han Solo. Yes. And then we get more comedic, grumpy Han stuff that we're used yeah. to, and then we get we go from the mumbo murder. jumbo to it's yeah. true. All and it. so much is not explained in that film, like why Han is in that situation exactly. Yeah. Like the the film just puts you in it and it's like here, deal with it. So it's sort of kind of hard in a way to even know where he's coming from all the time. We still don't even have the backstory entirely. On, on how Han got there, like Bloodline, all of a sudden we realized, oh, it's only been like five years. Like I, like, <laughs> like I, I thought this guy, like he and Leia had been divorced for like fifteen years or something, probably by this point. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, that's just been like five years. <laughs> so they're they're fresh. They still meet up on the weekends. It's yeah, still have a cup of Jawa juice <laughs> and uh, call it a day. Uh, is there so? Star Wars now, obviously, is a massive part of your life. It, yeah. your, your family loves Star Wars. Your wife loves Star Wars. It, it's a big part of your life. It's your job. It's your job. job. Do, you, do you ever worry about Star Wars fatigue? For me or for everyone else? For you. Yeah. Yeah, a, a little bit, but not, not in the way that you would think. Like, for me, what ends up happening is I get... I do experience fatigue, but I have, like, kind of a strategy for coping with it. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, like and uh, all in all, honestly, the prequel trilogy is sort of like the Star Wars area that I tend to just be able to like exist in. Like if there were just books in that era coming out, I would be happy. In a Clone Wars television show, I could put that on and watch it like every day. What what is it about that? I I just think it has a good it has a good mixture of being able to be highly civilized and then going into the wild kind of thing. Mm. It's not just like all completely like Western necessarily. Yeah. Different kind of things you can do with it. But um but what ends up happening is like I end up getting so focused on the future and what's co- what's happening and what's coming, and then I, I remember like you know what there were six films that I would be watching every day if it wasn't for these things. I need to watch those ones too. Yeah. And so I kind of go through and then I just start spending more time with the with a different era that's not current. Yeah. And then I, I feel kind of energized and then I come back to it good. So yeah. what were you doing before Star Wars took over every day of your life? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing. But um, I was going to get my PhD in American Studies, and I had just finished my my master's degree, or I was finishing my my master's, and um, we had a, a a really rough bad time because we had a, a baby that we lost like the week she was to be born, and it was so it was a really sort of probably the darkest time you can imagine. Yeah. And so we're we're just kind of in this depression, as you would imagine. And it's really terrible. And then, um, probably six months, maybe, I'm, I think, goes by, and it's just like, oh my god, this is unbearable. This is a terrible, terrible thing. And then, so I started. I was finishing my my trying to finish my thesis, and it was just like hard to even concentrate. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, they sold Star Wars, and then I was like, something just about that was catching me, and I had been kind of spending my time looking at Star Wars pictures a lot. Hmm. I, I, I just couldn't read. Like, I was just in a place where I just couldn't, like, process. And I was trying to write a thesis, and I just can't really process things. So what I ended up doing was 
starting a Tumblr and I had all these images that I had saved and collected and scanned myself and some I just collected off the internet, you know, over the, the previous 10 years. I just started putting those up. I think I remember the making Star Wars Tumblr, and it was yeah, a lot of it's like still up. it was like BTS pictures, right, from like the original trilogy. Primarily and promo it, and BTS yeah. stuff, and yeah, that was that was what I collected. Wow, that's so fascinating. So, yeah. in, God, and, I love this franchise because it quite literally, through its message of hope and just it now coming back into your life, I had something to look forward to. Yeah, like that I hadn't didn't have. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh man, like our, our whole thing was we're gonna have another baby. But the doctor was like, you need to wait, like, I don't remember how long it was now, but a certain amount of time before you try again and all that stuff. And so we're like, okay. So I'm just like in this funk, this horrible place. Yeah, so I started doing that. And then uh, I started to write articles on that every now and then. People started saying, you need to make a site. You should make a site. Yeah. And then and then so Amanda was like, oh, I could figure out WordPress. So then she started making the, the, the site for us. And then the announcement came and I was like, oh my God. Like this is it. We gotta do the site for sure now. So we we spent a few months after that. We got it up and rolling. Now you yeah. also used before Star Wars was every day in your life. You also had a band. Yeah, yeah. We had a band. Me and uh, Randy, who does the now does the podcasting with me, mm -hmm. and uh, a guy named Chris Carrillo. We were in a band called Beat Graveyard. Before that, it was Your Real Dad, which is not my favorite <laughs> title. It was just kind of it was like this bad joke. It's, where a, like, it's a total like at yeah. the time. It's a great band at name. the time and like. Is, Three sounds like, a, later, sounds like, like a, a different like type of your mom. Yeah, like, well, your real dad. It, it's like it's like and we thought it was so we're like twenty. We're like, hey, hey, who'd you see last night? Your real dad. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, yeah, we did we did so we did that for for a while, and then and then I started my 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 college education. What kind of music were you into? Um, so for me, when I was about 13, I got, I was always obsessed with Queen as a kid. Okay. Cool. And I was like 13 and I just got so into Queen, like hardcore. <laughs> Brian May. And then, yeah, Brian, I had, I had Brian May guitars, like I completely obsessed yeah. with him. And, um, and then Nirvana broke about that time. Hmm. And then it was like, wow, so you can write this really complex, elegant music with layers or you could just be three dudes and just and, yeah, and so that just like for me that was like that changed everything for me, and so that's kind of how I come at music is you could do whatever you want. Did you ever and, write a Star Wars song? Uh, there was actually we just released a song a few weeks ago on Still Wars for Still Wars on for um, your Snoke Theory sucks. We did this little <laughs> punk song. And oh, we, we I need to hear that. I, yeah, I love Steel, but Steel will he posts so many like. Patreon sizzles and sizzles. I lose track of which episodes are which, so now I have to actively seek out yeah. that punk rock. I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys okay, a copy. Okay, cool. I'll That's awesome. I'll send you guys a copy of it, yeah. Cool. So we know a little bit about making Star Wars. We know a little bit about like your past. Let's get rid of all the blogging, all that stuff. Let's just get to the, the fan in Jason Ward. Okay. So we're just going to ask like a really simple Star Wars questionnaire. Okay. And these don't need to be one-word answers. We can break them down. We can get sweaty as we already are in this yeah. hot apartment, in this hot... Uh, office in Chatsworth. I like my Star Wars hot. Like <laughs> hot and sweaty. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, all right, so the first question is always, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? My favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith. What? No, no it's, oh. it's just like, <laughs> it's been Return of the Jedi like nonstop up until very today. Today, because we, we, we do our interviews yeah. in bulk. Hey, we're going behind. Yeah. Sonia, all the sausage is made. And <laughs> we've had three guests today that have all said Revenge of the Sith. And we're like, really? Whoa. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. That's awesome. Yeah, before Re Revenge of the Sith, it was Return of the Jedi, though, for what that, okay. for what that helps. Yeah, I guess I just like the last 
You like the, the you like the finale. So I like the culmination so of episode all the stories. nine is gonna be your shit. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, it could be. That's yeah. awesome. What is it about Re- Revenge of the Sith specifically? For for me, it's that it honestly, most of it has to do with as a kid. I used to just imagine how is this how is he gonna become Darth Vader? Hmm. How's it gonna happen? When I was a little kid, Lucas was always dropping hints that that movie was coming. And so I remember in fifth grade, um, we had a typing class and you could type whatever you wanted. So in my typing class, I wrote this 30, 40 page novel over the, you know, story over the year that was how he becomes Darth Vader. You got to publish that on the site. I wish I had it. It's, it was, it's on some, some, You'd be uh, surprised how close it is to what it's actually floppy. Yeah, yeah. It's on like a black floppy. Probably, yeah, somewhere <laughs> in a landfill. Um, <laughs> All right. What is your least favorite Star Wars movie? Jeez, you know, like, that is such an unfair question. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's rephrase no, no, it. No, it's... What's the one that you'd least likely run to put on when you're chilling? Yeah, honestly, it's probably A New Hope, which really? I know, yeah. Because it, it's just like, it's the slow one, and it's the one that... I will listen to that one if I feel like listening to the soundtrack, hmm. which I think does have the best soundtrack of any of them. I well, think. it's like anything, right? It's like the band's first incredible record. It's like yeah. John Williams like, by the way, this is the greatest symphony that will be recorded over yeah. the last hundred years. Yeah, no, yeah. and that like like Princess Leia's theme and stuff like that, that really like is really only alive in that movie. You don't really get it like full out. In the well, it becomes films. Han and Leia's theme. It almost gets melded together. But yeah, that, yeah. I think it's a flute. That little flute just doing its thing is like, oh. Yeah. yeah. What turned you on about Star Wars? Um, kind of going back to what I just said was the music. I mean, I think I think the music is about ninety percent of why I rewatch over and over. Hmm. And and it it's visuals are are a big part of it, obviously. But I think it's that marrying of the visuals and the music that that gets me for the most part because that's why in the prequel trilogy when there there is horrible dialogue, it just I'm unfazed. I'm like, that's not the point, man. Like, it's like the most attractive person in the world walked into the room and you didn't like their shoes. Like, that's how I look at it. I'm like, cool. The shoes are not important to me. It's everything else. So, so like, when you're watching Sand, I don't like Sand, you're hearing, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm hearing that and I'm seeing yeah. a guy trying to hook up with Natalie Portman and I respect the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's perfect, hey man, but hey. Good on you. Like, I guess if I was trying to hit on Natalie Portman, oh, no. I'd be like, mm, first thing I see on the floor, uh, carpet. Oh. Dog food. Hit it. I hit don't it, like John. dog food. <laughs> <laughs> it's not soft like you. He, whereas, he's like sand, and he, so he gets there. So, great. What turns you off about Star Wars? Uh, the internet. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, the internet. No, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a mixture, but it, it is... If anything did turn me off, it would be the the bad seeds, and it's just you know it, there there are way more good people, hmm. and that's the thing that you, I have to remind myself, and you guys probably have to remind yourself, is that it there are ninety nine percent of everyone is awesome and encouraging, wants to have fun, and then there's just that one percent that's just the malcontent, and just nothing makes them happy, and there's nothing worse than bringing somebody like some like uh, an episode of a podcast, and it's like it's free. And it comes, just here you go. This is from me to you. I love and Star then, Wars so much, I want to talk about it with you. Yeah, and then yeah. somebody's just like, why is this late? Or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or why, did, why didn't you do this? You and talked about like, that last week. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, it's so, I mean, but, but like I said, but that's me. Like, I have to keep perspective. Everyone is really great for the most part. It's just this little tiny sliver. 
But that's the only thing that really turns me off. That's that's the thing that makes me go, man, I should get into He-Man or something. <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure He-Man has He-Man some bad, oh, bad apples too, man. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, what is your favorite line of dialogue in any Star Wars movie? Oh, I think off the top of my head, I'm a Jedi like, like my father before me. Yeah. That's badass. I'm that is badass. It is. It's, it's, and you know what? It's badass, and it really is bad. I mean, I know that it's badass, but it is bad. Like, yeah. nobody speaks like that. <laughs> if anybody spoke like that in real life, they'd get their ass kicked, man. <laughs> he's been hanging out with Yoda. Yeah, you know? it's like yeah. you get a little Shakespearean there. Yeah. But but I love it. It's 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 over the top, and it's something that you could only get away with in Star Wars. Probably. Yeah, like, if you did it in the equivalent of reality, it would be like, I'm a Special Forces Navy SEAL, like my father before <laughs> me. And you'd be like, you're an asshole. Yeah, like, what's your fucking deal, Get dude? back in the cold I'm a brain water. surgeon, <laughs> yeah. like my father before me. Yeah. Get back to work, shut up. Isn't that like an Esquire? <laughs> yeah. Is that what they are now today? <laughs> uh, okay, what is your favorite Star Wars character? Ooh, R2-D2. Hands down, it has to be R2. Yeah, I love me some BB-8. And right now, I gotta, I gotta admit, every now and then, I get on a BB-8 kick. And then I look back at R2 and I'm like, I'm sorry, girl. I miss yeah. you. Come I miss here. you, R2. You know, you, you were here first and you always, you always be my love. You're always my number one. Yeah, yeah. It's you like BB-8's basically like R2. He can, he can do it. He's a little more expressive. It's like, he you saves the like, day. He can exactly. be silly. And I mean, you could put him, I mean, he just enters into a shot and then it's Star Wars yeah. for me, you know. Yeah. The thing I like about R2 is he's proactive. He doesn't have to necessarily be told what to do all the time. Yeah. He just kind of stumbles over, fixes the hyperdrive. And we're good to go. I'm like one of those people who like like a dog. If a dog comes around, I have a whole backstory for the dog. I'm like the dog has a cool name. He has all kinds of likes and, and so like R2D2 is that same kind of thing. Like it's that same kind of like feeling like like yeah. a special dog. And it for should be sure. Chewbacca, but really it's R2. Yeah. <laughs> what character do you hate? Ooh, what character do I hate? That's a like whenever they come on the screen or like, in a cartoon or whatever, you're just like, oh, really? Why? God, you know, uh, Ezra Bridger. Ezra <laughs> what Bridger. is it about Ezra? Um, I don't think that Ezra... I think his story is very Star Wars. I think the execution is totally not Star Wars. Hmm. I feel like he's just one step away from talking to the camera and, like, Ferris Bueller-ing the whole thing, you know, at, at any given moment. So and I told Kanan, I don't feel like doing that mission. So yeah, I'm going off and yeah. doing my thing with Zeb. Well, it, and I sensed it. Like, it wasn't bad at first <laughs> for me. But I, I went to the um, San, Diego, San Diego Comic Con like first screening of the Siege of Lothal, I think it was called, mm -hmm. I think. And um, they're like, well, what'd you think? Some of the people, and I'm like, yeah, I liked it. Ezra kind of talking out loud a lot was a bit much, and I kind of didn't enjoy that. And they were just like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, he kind of narrates what he's gonna do a lot and what he's seeing. And like, they just, I was the biggest jerk for thinking that, and then they just got worse. And I was like, eh, it doesn't work for me, sorry. All right. Uh, if you could have any job in the Star Wars universe, what would it be? Any job? Like if you could be a character and do what they do, what would it be? Uh, I would want to be a bartender. A bartender? Yeah. I mean, that's like that's where the action's at. <laughs> all the interesting people to look at, all the people to talk to. I think like like you don't really want to be Wur. He's just cleaning up Greedo guts. Yeah. But Mas Kanata, she seemed like she had a pretty cool establishment there. Ujaba. Yeah. Sweet jams are playing. Gambling. The Star Wars equivalent of Queen. Yeah. Ujaba. Yeah. What job would you absolutely not want to have? Not want to have. Whoever has to wash Jabba the Hutt. Yes, yeah, wash him proper. Wash him, like, just make him, like, <laughs> make him fresh for the for the ladies. No. no. He's got that, like, little raptor arm, and you're like, uh, 
Yeah. And what's no, that? Folds I mean, stuff? that green stuff. It could be snot, but it could also be Jabba poop. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. No one said. All right. What color would your lightsaber be? Ooh, yellow. Yellow? Yeah. I take it back to the farm boy Luke Kenner figure. I go yellow, and it wouldn't even have a glow. It would just be like no, matte plastic. It would just be, uh, <laughs> did you ever see like like when they used to do that photography of like Obi Wan Kenobi, like on the early seventy seven products, and it would, he would have like a yellow yeah. saber sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I'd have that one. That's cool. <laughs> People would be like, "What's that Jedi's problem?" <laughs> like, Why does it have that weird like doggy tail? It's a bump. <laughs> like it's badass. Damn, dude. All right, so our last question. Okay, Jason Ward is fighting with Darth Vader on Cloud City. You got your little. Your, your little yellow Luke Skywalker okay. dongle lightsaber. Yeah. You're fighting him. It's been ruthless. He just he, he he chops off your hand. He pushes you. You're hanging from the ledge. Right. He can say one thing to you besides, I am your father. What's he going to say to Jason Ward? What's he going to say to me? Yeah. He's going to, to, to look me in the eye and he's going to say, take your sunglasses off. <laughs> And then I'm gonna I'm gonna fall <laughs> down the hole. The, the glasses fall like your saber, and yes. you just fade into existence. Dude, thank you so thank much. You thank so you much. so much. Thank we you. are yes. so like the making Star Wars community has been so welcoming to our show, and we just really really appreciate it. So thank you for driving up here and being a part yeah. of this little Seriously. whatever Star Wars thing you want to call it. Uh, if people want to check out your site, check you out on Twitter. Where can they find you? Uh, MakingStarWars.net. At Making Star Wars on Twitter, Making Star Wars on Instagram and Facebook. And the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. We'll put links to all that stuff in the show yes. notes. Thank you guys so much for checking out the show. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Thanks, guys. May the force be with you. Thanks for checking out the show. And if you liked what you saw, remember to hit subscribe. And if you're listening to us over on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. If you guys want to support the show, you can check out our merchandise shop. Every order that we sell goes right back into helping us make this show. And remember, tell your friends. May the force be with you.